0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the H.E.R.D. at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR.
0: Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
1: Oh, hour two and a Thursday. This will be our best hour today, potentially. Although Drew Brees and Max Crosby are going to be great. Max was, Drew will be. Live in L.A., it's the H.E.R.D., wherever you may be, and however... You may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Was it a party last night in Las Vegas? I saw so many good people, so many funny people. Uh, Former colleagues, former friends, current friends, lots of friends. Uh, J-Mac was there. Low profile. I was not low profile. I was out front and center. What a fun time.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just avoided the camera. You know, I don't like to be photographed in public. Now that I joined the show, it's like, come on, people, settle down. (laughs) Relax. Not that big of a deal.
1: So I do this for every big game, conference championships. I'll take who I believe are the 10 best players. By the way, 11 through 18 are also good players. We're talking Hall of Famers here. So here is my belief. Uh, 10 best players in order in Super Bowl 58. Number one's an easy one. That's Patrick Mahomes. He um, is the first quarterback in league history with no interceptions in six straight playoff games against many good defenses often on the road. Highest-rated quarterback this season, according to PFF, and that is with one elite wide receiver. He is a remarkable all-time talent, certainly in the argument now if he wins Sunday as the greatest quarterback we've ever seen, and he just recently entered his prime. Number two, I don't think this one's difficult, Christian McCaffrey. In an offensive league, he is the best running back, and I don't think it's that close. 38 touchdowns in 32 games with the Niners. On a short list, on the most versatile running backs in league history. Most scrimmage yards, most touchdowns. You stop him, you go a long way in stopping this loaded San Francisco team. Number three, Trent Williams. Short list, best left tackle ever. Listen to this. 517 times this year, he had to pass block. He allowed zero sacks. 79 times in the postseason, he has pass blocked. He has allowed zero sacks. In fact, he's only allowed two pressures. He is an all-timer, great guy. Second highest graded offensive tackle in the league this season. Getting up there won't be around for very long. Probably two to three more great years. Number four is Nick Bosa. The D-line for the Niners has been a little bit disappointing this year, but he has 10 sacks and 11 career playoff games. He led the Niners in tackles, pressures, sacks uh, of the Bosa brothers. He's the one that just continually... Shows up on Sunday and is an absolute nightmare for offensive lines. Nick Bosa, four. Number five is Travis Kelsey. Like Gronk, he almost guarantees to be better in big games. Led all tight ends in catches, yards this season, including the playoffs. Both of us, J-Mac and I thought, you know, it's getting near the end. And he's been just absolutely phenomenal. The Baltimore game was one for the ages. So Travis Kelsey, just like Gronk, you're starting to doubt him, wobbling a little, and then he surpasses some of his best games ever. Number six is Debo Samuel. What a unique player. Led all receivers in rushing four or five years. Not sure exactly how you defend him. Here's the greatest number on Debo Samuel. When he plays, the Niners win 70% of their game. 70%. When he doesn't, despite all the talent here, they win 47%. That is a game changer. That is a playmaker, Debo Samuel. Number seven, Chris Jones. After Aaron Donald, best interior D lineman last half decade. Number one rated postseason interior lineman. 28 and a half sacks over the last two years. I don't know how long he was on our show once. He's going to be in Kansas City, but Chris is just better and better and better. Now, they've drafted pretty well on the defensive front, so he's harder to double team, but I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't have a big impact Sunday. Number eight, George Kittle. Listen, it's hard to put him and, and stack up him and Kelsey. I think Kelsey has had more big moments in big games. Some of that's just Mahomes. Kittle was the highest-witted tight end this year to PFF. He led all tight ends with 1,000 receiving yards. He will end up in Canton, Ohio, one of the top seven, eight tight ends I've ever seen, George Kittle. Number nine, the surging, Brandon Ayuk. PFF had him as the number two wide receiver. I got to be honest with you. I thought he'd be a good player. I didn't think he'd be this good. He has been sensational, getting better. You know, the NFL gets handed about a dozen to 15 receivers from college every year that are good. But, I mean, I knew Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs. There's guys you kind of know early. Brandon Ayuk has become a star, highest-graded offensive player for the Niners this year. Highest-graded offensive player. Number 10 was an easy one for me. Legereus Sneed, Kansas City. In an argument for the best corner, he allowed one touchdown in coverage this season. One touchdown, including the playoffs, all season. In a conference that has all the good quarterbacks. If you threw against him, you completed 52% of your throws and had a 62 passer rating. Total athlete, strong for a corner. Number 11 was Fred Warner, by the way, of the Niners. What, what, What are you looking at?
2: You guys like what he did there, right? Number 10's an easy one. Legereous <laughs> need. Who's been excellent, no doubt about it. But good delivery there. Props on that. Uh, where, where was Purdy? So, did you continue to? Fred Warner's 11. Um, and then you get in uh, the other
1: linebacker, Greenlaw's... Greenlaw. Bear, well, uh, Harrison Trent,
2: Butker, 14, maybe? No, Trent uh Trent
1: McDuffie, the corner yeah, for right. Kansas so City. So Purdy's, what, the 20s? No, I think I had him 14. Okay. That's you great. do realize that virtually everybody above him is a Hall of Famer. I mean, all these guys. Now, Snead Young. That's all Hall of Famers. I Mahomes, McCaffrey, Trent, Bosa, Kelsey. Debo's, I don't know. Will Debo make it because he yeah, won't have to receiving? It. Too early for Debo. Probably. I don't know about Kittle. Chris Jones, Kittle. George Kittle. These are all Hall of Famers. It's not like I put him behind guys. Jags. <laughs> Fred Warner, 11, Hall of Famer. To me, he's in that...
2: Roquan Smith. I mean, we can't say that about Purdy because he's in year two, literally. I mean, never yeah. mind that he already has a lot of playoff wins and come from behind playoff yeah, you know, victories. 44 years NFL films. Greg Coso.
1: All right, it's our Super Bowl breakdown. Super Bowl. Oh, there he is. Look at that. You're in Vegas. <laughs> now, I lived in Vegas for seven years, Greg. I would go to bed early, very infrequently. So I hope you're taking care of yourself. And how is he? You've gone to some nice
3: restaurants. I am. I'll- yeah. I actually went to Spago last night. It was really good. I've been there. The Fountain Show. It's gorgeous. Okay. They're really good. Yeah, Really good. Let, yeah.
1: Let's talk about this Chiefs offense that sputtered much of the year, gotten hot recently yes. against the Niners defense. So uh, my first takeaway is Travis Kelsey, there's no question Mahomes is like radar to Travis in big games. To this Niners defense, will it match up against Travis Kelsey?
3: Well, the 49ers are predominantly a zone coverage defense, Colin. Now, they will play snaps of man. Everybody does. Now, throughout this season, even going back to 2022, their man coverage player on tight ends was Tayshawn Gibson, the uh, safety. Now, if they stay with that, it will be Gibson. The question is, with an extra week of preparation, could they make an adjustment and feel that when they go man? That they want someone like Fred Warner at 6'3", 235, a really good athlete. Do they feel that that's a better matchup? Um, but that gets to a number of other questions, and they all start with personnel. The Chiefs have evolved into a multiple tight end offense. They play two tight ends. They play three tight ends. So will the 49ers stay in their base 4-3 defense, uh, or will they try to go nickel? Um That, to me, is a really interesting question in this matchup. But talking about who plays Kelsey, it's normally Gibson plays the tight end, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are snaps with Fred Warner playing Kelsey. We watched the Chiefs receivers, Tony on
1: down, drop passes, wrong routes, uh, just looked like they, they just kept hitting speed bumps. Go to the playoff games. Do you believe the wide receivers for the Chiefs will be reliable and a big part of this game against the Niners.
3: Well, big part's a relative term. I believe they will use the wide receivers to attack when they're in their base personnel offense, and they will go after Diamador Lenore. Because when the 49ers are in their base defense with four, uh, four defensive backs, Lenore plays outside. He plays opposite Ward. Normally, Ward is the left corner, and Lenore is the right corner. I think when they're in their base defense, they will attack Lenore at left corner. So... I think you have to do that. Whether that's successful, that remains to be seen, but it would not surprise me to see them put Rice out there and look for that rice Lenore matchup. So, uh,
1: Isaiah Pacheco, Chiefs offensive line's pretty stout, especially if Tooney plays. How will they run, in your opinion, against the Niners' run defense, which can be, I believe, a little hit-and-miss?
3: Yeah, and the Niners' run defense, particularly the interior, the defensive tackles, they've been moved a bit in the run game. First two, three possessions against the Lions, Armstead, Hargrave in particular, they were driven off the ball. And then your linebackers can't play because they have their defensive linemen in their laps. But to get to the run game, I think that with Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco, He'll run what we call a lot of gap scheme, where they pull the guard. That's a uh, man-blocking scheme. It's a really good fit for Pacheco's style. He's north, south, downhill. He's urgent. He's physical. He's competitive. I also think they'll work the edges a little bit and see if those corners tackle. They'll run what we call pin-pull, where they're pull-up a tackle, and they'll get Pacheco on the perimeter with space to generate velocity because when he generates velocity and speed, he's very difficult to tackle. Yeah, he's really
1: twitchy. If Joe Tooney, the great guard, doesn't play for Kansas City, do you think it dramatically affects protection or the run game for the Chiefs?
3: Um, It might affect protection more than the run game. Um, you know, I, one of the things, and I don't know what's in Patrick Mahomes' head, none of us do, but I sense from watching tape this year pretty carefully, I thought Mahomes just did not trust his offensive tackles in pass protection when it was one-on-one. And I thought that was one reason this year that Mahomes, who tends to move anyway, yeah. but I thought he moved a bit more this year. I just didn't think he felt comfortable. Um, so I think protection would be affected more by the loss of Tooney than, uh, uh, than the run game.
1: Okay, so that was the Chiefs' offense against the Niners' defense. Let's flip it. Let's talk now Niners' offense against the Chiefs' young, but I think really underrated defense. So let's talk about Brock Purdy in these playoffs. Spotty, what have you seen on film, Greg, that you like? And what have you seen that concerns you on Brock Purdy in these playoff games?
3: Yeah, Purdy has not played his best football in the two playoff games, but he's still made some important plays. But at his core, he's a timing rhythm thrower. Um, he's very accountable to the system. But I want people to understand that he still is asked to make a lot of difficult throws and we should not look at Purdy uh, to use the vernacular that's thrown out all the time as a system player. Every quarterback is. He's asked to make a lot of difficult throws between the numbers, between the hashes. Those are hard throws to make and he stands in there and delivers the football. We saw him against the Lions in the NFC Championship game. We saw him go above the X's and O's playoff script and make important plays Um, and he can throw the ball on the move as well so I think you'll see a lot of pressure Um, one of the things that I think you will see Colin the 49ers line up in what we call a lot of reduced splits where the wide receivers are close to the formation and Steve Spagnuolo blitzes his corners more than any team in the league and with the corners now closer to the quarterback closer to the formation I think you're going to see a meaningful amount of corner blitz in this game
1: All right, we know Christian McCaffrey. I said, you know, Walter Payton, um, you know, Barry Sanders. There's been a handful of running backs that were just different. McCaffrey's just different. Breakaway speed. Runs over people. It it could be a receiver. Um, The Ravens decided not to run on Kansas City. San Francisco, I would contend, will not. Um, how big of a nightmare, how big of a headache could McCaffrey and his style and the run blocking be for Kansas City's young defense?
3: Yeah, Kansas City has a good front. You know, I'm curious to see how they approach this uh, on defense because we know that the 49ers play a lot out of base personnel. They play two running backs, McCaffrey and Yusechak, probably over 40% of their snaps. So the question is. Kansas City will likely be in their base 4-3 personnel. It would not surprise me to see them line up at times in a six-man front to defend the run, take two of their linebackers and put them on the edge to make it a six-man front with Nick Bolton, the only stacked backer, and in a sense try to force the 49ers to throw the football as opposed to run it in normal down-and-distance situations. But McCaffrey has to be the foundational piece. He has to get meaningful carries, and they have to get production from their run game. Finally, um,
1: between Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo, and McCaffrey, that is the best skill group in the league. They're all different. Debo's just a complete chess piece. I mean, they win 70% of the games he plays, 47% when he doesn't. Uh, I love Snead. I love the Chiefs' corners, and I think they're very quick at linebacker. But do you see some advantages for San Francisco with these all-time – You, I mean, Kittle's going to be a Hall of Famer. Iyuk's become a star. McCaffrey's a Hall of Famer. I don't even know how you categorize Debo. Could they be trouble for the Chiefs?
3: Well, I think one of the things to look at is the 49ers use motion about as much as any team in the league. They're not just going to line up on offense static. They're going to move people around, and that's a challenge for Spagnol and the Chiefs defense. How do they want to play that? You know, you mentioned Snead. I think Snead's a really, really good player. The Chiefs do play a good amount of man coverage. So the question is, who does Snead match up to? My sense is he'll match up to Ayuk, not Debo, because I think Debo moves around too much for that to be the case. So I think you'll see Sneed match up more on Ayuk than Debo. All right, Greg Cosell. You don't make predictions, but
1: I think the film says. <laughs> I think the film says there'll be some yards. We're not going to. We're going to see a fairly low scoring game. There'll be yards. We have brilliant offensive coaches. There'll be explosion plays. But I think the Chiefs' back end is not going to give cheapies over the top. And I, I and I do think if Tooney doesn't play, I think Mahomes will have to get rid of it quickly. I see a more Not a plotting game, an explosive game, but not a wild shootout. That's what I think. Does the film tell you stylistically what we should expect?
3: I would say if you use this year as your your track record, so to speak, I would agree with you. I would think that we're not looking at a 38-35 kind of game, barring turnovers, special teams plays, you know, normal flow of a game. I would agree with you 100%. I think the ball will be moved. My guess is there won't be a ton of big explosive plays. There'll be a few, but I don't think you'll see that overall. I don't think it'll be that kind of game.
1: Greg Cosell, 44 years. We'll talk to you after as well next week. Greg, as always, hope you're having a great time in Vegas. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. You bet.
1: Yeah, he kind of sees the same thing. There's, these coaches are too creative, and the weapons are too diverse not to have big plays. But Kansas City's not going to give you anything over the top. They just don't give up many points. And I do think, uh, I, I I think that front seven for San Francisco's got, I think they're going to throw some exotics. I think Steve Wilkes is, knows he's got to get Mahomes off his spot a little bit. Um, and I, I, I think... You know, the, all this prop stuff. Uh, I, I think Purdy under one and a half touchdowns. I think he'll throw one, hmm. and I think he'll move. But I don't think San Francisco is going to move the ball with ease in this game. I think Kansas City's defense is really, really good.
2: I, I know we're doing props tomorrow, but um, Brock Purdy has a higher passing yards total in this game than Patrick Mahomes 260 and a half to well, like got, 259. And a half. He
1: has significantly better weapons. I mean, think about this. You have a top ten tight end all time, a top three running back in my opinion all time, one of the top three chess pieces I've ever seen in this league offensively, and an elite deep receiver, and the best left tackle in a decade. Yeah, no, like they're, San they're Francisco yeah. offensively is much better than San Francisco defensively in the Super Bowl. The last Super Bowl they didn't have Ayuk, Debo was very young at the time. He was didn't an have integral. Ma- yeah, didn't have Trent, didn't have McCaffrey. It was yeah. a lot of Kittle. This offense is, I mean, it, this is all time. This is why San Francisco, to me, is favored between running back, left tackle. Fantasy yeah. football players.
2: Yeah, like the guys that are first picks at their position. Um, I, I i was looking at some stats for Mahomes. You know, I said he was a game manager in these postseason, and people got angry. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You guys call Brock Purdy a game manager. It's derogatory. I, I'm like, I'm just saying the same thing about Mahomes. His intended air yards this season, 6.5, 30th. Among NFL quarterbacks intended air yards means I'm not chucking it deep because I, my guys aren't catching it. That's right. you, you know, they're manned up. They can't create separation. So I'm going to dink and dunk. That's what Patrick Mahomes has been this season. Yeah.
1: Nothing I, wrong with that. There's Nothing. That's why we've said from the very beginning, it's a defensive led culture this year. The thing that would make me concerned if I'm Kansas city, we saw Travis Kelsey limp a few times this year. If he got banged around early and was limited
2: second half, they don't have a lot to make. Well, you got about. Rasheed Rice. You got um. Yeah, yeah. Kadarius. No, Kadarius Toney's on Instagram Live. He's not no, no, no. on the field. Yeah, it's not good for him. So there's there's McCaffrey could get dinged up. I got Debo. I got Kittle. I, Elijah Mitchell.
1: Well, I'm telling you, their backups are good. Niners, Niners offensive. And I don't remember an offense in my lifetime where you had a top three all-time back, oh. a top three left tackle, a top five tight end, a deep threat yeah. that's as good as anybody in the league. Like, that's not even, even in the, non, I mean, I don't, you, you'd have to go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers 75 that had Franco Harris and Benny Cunningham and Lynn Swann, and, uh, and four pro bowlers in the O-line. Like, it's a, all. you shouldn't be able to, in a cap hard cap league, to assemble the Niners offense. Yeah. That's why Purdy's really, one of his true values is not paying
2: him anything. He makes 800 grand a year relative to and what? And he's only in his second year. Even if he wins the Super Bowl and is MVP, he's not getting a new contract this offseason. He's not. He's on his rookie deal. I have a great
1: parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. It's quick and easy. Now for my parlay pick. Via the DraftKings Sportsbook, I'll take the Chiefs plus two in the Super Bowl against the Niners and under 47.5 points. And Brock Purdy under one and a half touchdown passes. He'll have one, but it's a low-scoring game. I think they'll lean on Christian McCaffrey you want to take the Herd Parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, code is HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app.
0: 21-plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369. See show notes for full details. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver.
6: Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, welcome back. Good stuff. Drew Brees, top 10 all-time quarterback. Be joining us live just after the top of the hour. JMac mac with the news. No,
2: no, no, no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. It's uh, Super Bowl week, but it's NBA trade deadline day. Don't let that get lost in the sauce. Lots of stuff happening. We'll get to shortly. But first, we got to start with a funny video here, Colin. So Shane Waldron was the Seahawks OC, and he now has taken that that position with the Chicago Bears. Young, smart offensive guy. Yeah. However. Seattle receiver Jackson Smith Najigba was asked about what the Bears can expect from Waldron next season, right? He was with Waldron for a year. He gave, uh, let's say, an awkward response about his former <laughs> coach. What
0: well, can you tell about who they just hired to, to uh, try to get this offense where it needs to go? Um. Uh, <laughs> oh. this, is, uh, this is live?
3: <laughs> <laughs> We're not live.
0: We're not I'm live. I'm playing. Uh, <laughs>
4: Uh, good luck to y'all. I mean, he, he's a he's a great person, great offensive coordinator. I was very lucky to have him my first year. Learned a lot from him. Um, I think he's gonna. I think him and Justin will mesh well, and um, you know, adding more guys around him, uh, I think it would be great. So we'll see.
2: Mm. I mean, that, that, that's like um, wouldn't somebody sh- going up to Coward and be like, "How's it like? What's it like working with J Mac?" Like, awkward silence. <laughs> it, uh, With a plate of chicken wings on the in front of <laughs> You know, Like, that's not good. Well, it's interesting. If
1: Waldron was this star, would not, the GM, John Snyder of the Seahawks, when they hired the youngest defensive coordinator, say, you got to keep this guy. Yeah, Like, he is the guy. Just not, thought. not
2: awesome if you're a Bears fan. Are we live? I mean, that's, I thought the video was <laughs> awesome. I like that. Listen, hey, that's rare honesty from uh, from an NFL player. Uh, all right, next up, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. They went 1-2 in the draft last year. Poor Bryce Young. Just a brutal season. Won two games as a rookie. But C.J. Stroud doesn't think that all the blame for the struggles should fall on Young's shoulders. His shoes, I feel like a lot of stuff didn't go his way that was out of his control.
3: You know, like... You can't make a play if somebody don't block. You can't make a play if somebody don't catch the ball. Like, and when you watch the tape, like Bryce did a lot of great things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna be a great player, but it takes time.
1: Well, I think I will say this. Um CJ Stroud looks like the best quarterback in this draft. But I do think they made a they made a really big mistake when they moved up. We said it at the time. When Chicago got D.J. Moore, we said, does everybody understand what Justin Fields is getting? And does everybody understand Carolina doesn't have a number one or a two receiver? So D.J. Moore, is a he's a top ten, I think, number one receiver. And when you're drafting a quarterback, you could give up anything. You don't give up his number one weapon. These guys, C.J. Stroud, you need people to depend on. So they have like a B running back, B tight ends, C receivers. I think Bryce is much better than he showed, but he did look small and at times overwhelmed. And C.J. Stroud
2: never looked small or overwhelmed. So the interesting thing here is, you know, Carolina traded up to get young. What if they had stood pat? You know, I kind of like these questions. There's no answer. But do the Bears go with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, or it seemed like they wanted to give Justin Fields a chance, right? So, like, what would the Bears have done? Is it possible that C.J. Stroud could have fallen to Carolina and Houston taken Bryce Young with the second pick? Like, Bryce Young was perceived, Colin, a year ago as the better quarterback, right? Well, he was a better high school and college quarterback, so we viewed him that. It,
1: It should be duly noted that Carolina moved up so they could control it. So, in the building, everybody was a Bryce person. And, and and again, it looks like Houston, who had a great left tackle, Carolina doesn't, hit a home run with the coach. So that can't be understated, that D'Amico Ryans and, and Slowick, the coordinator, that's a huge part yeah. of where you land and who you get as coordinators and coaches.
2: A final story. Let's get to the NBA trade deadline. So yeah. it officially ends at 3 p.m. Eastern today. So we got, what, 90 minutes left. Yeah. No blockbuster deals have been made yet. Remember, last year was Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant week up. BUT I believe all of these guys have been moving in like the last six hours. Buddy Heald, remember him? Gunner, now is a member of the 76ers, so adding some offense to uh, Tyrese Maxey. Bogdanovich, I love this move for the Knicks, adding like an 18-point-a-game guy who could come in and get your buckets with the second unit. OKC, we question their um, playoff experience. They add Gordon Hayward, who's a very... I kind of like that move. I think Hayward gives them depth, little size.
1: OKC, I like that. It's my favorite move, of the ones on the screen.
2: Yeah, no, very good. And then the interesting one is P.J. Washington to the Mavs. So Dallas in the offseason, remember how they got Grant Williams and that looked awesome like the first month of the season? Something happened in Dallas. He got traded. After they signed him like six months ago, he's now traded to Charlotte with Seth Curry and a first-round pick for P.J. Washington. Um, I like the Mavs. I don't know why they continue to not break through. It's Luka, it's Kyrie, and is that beating Jokic in the West? No.
1: You you like Dallas for two years. I'll tell you right now. The Clippers take Luca out. I mean, if Luca got in foul trouble against the Clippers, well, they still have Kyrie Irving. Jeez, oh, playoff Kyrie. I like Luca, but I'm, I'm I'm watching these Clippers and I'm watching Boston and I'm watching Denver. They're starting fives. God, when you're when you're going, Kawhi, Terrence Mann, Paul George, James Harden. Dude, that's just that is four. They got, dudes. They got dude. Boston Clippers, Denver have the best starting fives. Clippers actually have a bit of a bench. Denver, Boston doesn't. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm watching. Maybe I'm fall. I fell, fell for either last year or the year before. I forget the year, but this Clipper team, when you watch them. It's like old-school yep. basketball mixed in with new school. They get any situational. They get to the basket. They get threes. They get mid-range. They handle the ball. They move it. They don't have a single-player
2: high in usage rate. They're just moving the ball. It's, like, beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um, you'll notice one team not mentioned the L.A. Lakers. I would guess LeBron James, not thrilled with that. Maybe he's getting an emoji tweet ready for uh, 3.01 p.m. Eastern. Uh, listen, LeBron has made it clear he wanted something, but then they beat the Celtics, beat the Knicks, and back-to-back, oh, everything's okay. Lakers have not less than 90 minutes now to do something, or I think we can expect LeBron to... You know, voice his displeasure.
1: Should we, should we? Will you? Will you break? If that story breaks, will you have? I think a, we're an off there as the deadline. Pot ends. Well, will you do an emoji update? A breaking emoji update? we text do that or? No, I want it to go on the air. I think it's a story. If LeBron's unhappy and has an emoji update, well, how
2: do we know an emoji's unhappy? It's probably accurate. well. I
1: mean, you can send anything an emoji. There's the, the angry ones, the orange face.
2: What if he sent like the skull and crossbones? Yeah, what does dead? that one mean? I think it usually means dead. I'm,
1: I'm dead. I'm de- dead it's over you could be laughing i'm dead or you or be like upset. the laughing
2: the tears emoji lebron just puts the tears like i'm crying <laughs> not tears of joy no you correct yes yes
1: uh, jay Mack with the news
0: well that's the
1: news
5: and thanks for stopping by
1: the herd lie news boy a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff going on drew Brees is stopping by uh in the final hour of the show be sure to catch live editions of
0: the herd weekdays at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific hey gang this is jay glazer host of unbreakable a mental wealth podcast and every week we will have on leaders from sports entertainment like sean mcveigh lindsey vaughn michael phelps david spade guy fieri and also those who can help us in between the ears anyone from a therapist to someone like ed milette or john gordon we've all been through some sort of adversity to get to the top we've all used different tools Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer and Mental Wealth Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So, buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver.
6: Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Sunday on Fox, Caitlin Clark looks to make history and set the all-time scoring record. As she leads second-ranked Iowa against Nebraska Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, only on Fox and the Fox Sports app.
1: By the way, this was a little move of note. I think it is something, and he may be an annoying player, but most great franchises, MJ's Bulls had Rodman, the Warriors have had Draymond, a lot of great teams, Lambier on the Pistons, a lot of great teams have had guys who are annoyances. Uh, They're the bouncer uh, at the nightclub. The Milwaukee Bucks picked up Patrick Beverly. J-Mac, is that what you just told me at the NBA trade deadline?
2: The NBA trade deadline is popping. According to Woj, six minutes ago, the Sixers are trading Patrick Beverly to the Bucks. So I, so there are five starting fives in the NBA. Forget
1: benches. Benches overplay. The, benches don't decide championships. You, you'd like to have some bench scoring. But the five starting fives in the league that I like, everybody knows... I think Boston's got a great starting 5, not much of a bench. Denver's got a great starting 5. I think Phoenix has a really good starting 5. Um I think um I think the Clippers have a great yes. starting 5. Uh, none of them have great benches. I think Beverly will be off the bench. I don't think Milwaukee's starting fives is good. But I do think at the trade deadline, like Gordon Hayward to OKC, gives them some size, smart veteran guy, been around the block, gives them a little size. That's a nice little piece. He's a pro. Uh, He's a pro. Well, Patrick Beverly may be annoying, but for what Milwaukee needs, that's a really good off-the-bench player. And I don't think bench players decide. Andre Iguodala for the Warriors came off the bench. You want an MVP. Yeah.
2: I, I like that. That's say, not
1: what Beverly's going to do, yeah. but he, there's something. Beverly's a good pickup.
2: It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And I think Beverly will be on the floor at the end of games right. for the Bucks because I mean, listen, I love Damian Lillard. I wear his sneakers when I play. He's a defensive liability. Teams will hunt him aggressively. That's right. So, but he'll be on the floor. So you've got to make up. You're yeah. not going to have Dame on the bench you, late. You will hide Dame on the weakest, uh, opposing offensive scorer and you'll put Patrick Beverly that's as right. the guy at the top on their best you know, uh, on Jalen Brunson. It's, for, it's almost
1: like we always say running backs aren't worth anything. It depends on the situation yeah. the team. It's like defensive guys in the NBA. Do you know the value that Patrick Beverly, he keeps bouncing around. You're not going to build yeah. your franchise around him. But good teams look at Patrick Beverly and go, he can go guard yeah. elite offensive players like Tony Allen did. Remember the Celtics years Tony ago? Allen, he first just, team all defense. just makes things
2: difficult. And just remember... Patrick Beverly has spent all season in practice with Tyrese Maxey. If the Bucks play the Sixers in the playoffs, you can bet your bottom dollar... Patrick Beverly will be on Tyrese Maxey in all the important moments. He will be the guy defending that. Ma- now I'm not saying he's lockdown defender, right. but he's a plus defender better than So what, what was the move that the Knicks made a move? They, got, they right. got Bogdanovich, who's a guy who can come off the bench and pump in some points can, and they, they got a lot of injuries on the Knicks. They need offense.
1: Well, they do. Grimes is a guy they like, but they had to give up him and some yeah. draft picks. They like Grimes, nice player for they I, Listen,
2: they had quickly earlier, they had to part with him. Like ultimately you got it like it's nice to have young guys. But you want to win now, you need guys who have been around the block. Bogdanovich, a little more of a veteran. Uh, OG Ananobi's been around. He's been to the finals before uh, with the Raptors. Like You need grown-ups. I'm telling you, I don't want to go overboard as a Knicks fan, Colin. I think Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals is definitely in play once they get healthy. Knicks-Celtics feels like a great matchup. And the Knicks
1: have no pressure. Philadelphia increasingly does. Milwaukee has a ton. This is an old team. Boston has championship pedigree. So Boston, I mean, Boston and Milwaukee, there is real pressure. Miami doesn't have the team nor the pressure they just got there. Knicks are pressure-free. Hey, Listen, they won a playoff series last year. If they could get to a conference championship, house money. Like, if you look in the West, KD, they got to be good this
2: year. I mean, the West is brutal. But in the East, like... Joel Embiid, we don't know when he's coming back, if he's coming back. Miami Heat are struggling after going to the finals last year. You could argue Knicks are in a better spot right now than the Milwaukee Bucks. I know that's cra- crazy with Giannis and Dame, but the Knicks are playing great once they're fully healthy. Uh, but it, the
1: problem is, you can argue that Giannis and Dame are both better than Brunson. Now Whether you believe it or not, Giannis is. So if I have the two best players in a series, and you have the third best, and I may have the fourth best, Julius Randle depends on the night. Let's, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, Ananobi is a really good defender. I don't. I'm not he's saying he's a three, stop though. At this point, good yeah. defender. But if they, that's the thing about the Knicks, as I say, it does feel like Bogdanovich can come off and pump in points. I think they're trying to duct tape a little bit of the issue, which is we need offense. Thibodeau's teams will be good defensively. Thibodeau's been great through the years with role players. Yeah, He, like, elevates role guys, but I think the Knicks need another score. By the way, the Bucs won a title they felt they needed with Middleton
2: and Giannis. Yeah. Another score, and they went, got an elite one with Dame. Let me ask you, the Bucks fired their coach, right? They bring in Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers is 1-3 or 1-4. Well, I know, new. it's early. And now you're trading for Patrick Beverly to help out in the backcourt because Dane can't guard anybody? I don't want to say Bucks are panicking, Colin, but some of these moves are just like, okay, you guys were like second in the East, and you fire your coach, but, so and then you you're think, adding Patrick barrel It well, just feels a little panicky in Milwaukee. Well, Dame's had injuries. Yeah.
1: Okay, he's not around forever. I I think you make the moves on guys like that. I, you, you know, it, it's Boston's the one team, because Tatum's in his prime, and Jalen Brown's in his prime. Drew Holiday's... Nope. Not, but he's nah. just entered out of it. And oh, Porzingis okay. is, but he's banged up. Porzingis last so, night. So Boston's got three more years of great players in their prime. Uh, Milwaukee, bigs get hurt, Giannis getting older, Dame's been banged up, Middleton. Middleton's eroding, and Brooke Lopez has been around. The reason Milwaukee's making these moves, you've got like a two-year window, man. And you got to keep Giannis happy. <laughs> and you got to keep Damon Lillard uh, healthy. Yeah. Brooke Lopez, healthy. Middleton, healthy. So I think there's absolute urgency in Milwaukee. I don't think the Knicks have it. Brunson's got a, he's just entered his prime. Um, and I I don't know if Randall will be there in the future, but I don't think the Nixers I think I think Philadelphia's got pressure. MB can't stay healthy. Yeah. Like you gotta make a like if I run Philadelphia, they made a move today. I gotta make moves in Philadelphia yeah. and Milwaukee. Because mm-hmm. I got guys that are I mean, Milwaukee's old. Yeah. I, I mean listen. Beverly's old. Dame's old.
2: Brook uh, Lopez, Middleton now's body's old. Did, did you didn't happen to see what the Warriors did to the Sixers last night, did you? No. Uh Steph Steph Curry did like nothing and they won by like a million points against the Sixers. Yeah. Sixers, you could just tell the energy's sapped out of the team and be down, not sure when he's back. Chris Haynes reporting, Uh-oh. Laker
1: fans, the probable path for the Los Angeles Lakers is standing pat today at the trade deadline with potential to acquire another star player in the offseason when armed with three
2: first-round picks. Mm. Hey, LeBron, relax. We're going to do a big move in the offseason. Don't overreact, LeBron. We're not doing That's what this is, right? Well,
1: it's probably not good for championships, but organizationally, they're not panicking. I said before, I, I think we have to acknowledge Denver, Boston are the best teams. The Clippers are convincing me they need to be I went and watched them go to Boston and work the Celtics for two hours. Are they in that top tier? With the, with I think the, they, I think, yeah. and what my eyes are telling me, it is Boston, Denver, and the Clippers. I'm telling you, man, you watch this Clipper, I've watched them now like six games in a row, six of seven. I think they're absolutely as good as Boston and better at times offensively. I don't think I think the Clippers are better than the Celtics offensively. And
2: then if another team's going to enter that, it's probably going to be the Phoenix Suns. I with think Booker. so. No bench, but great stars at the top. Yeah, and, and Grayson Allen's playing out of his mind. So not great for the Lakers. And so, listen, Lakers fans are going to be ticked off. Well, this somebody true. just tagged the staff said, "Are the Lakers punting on the season again?" If you get
1: past these three—Boston, Denver, Clippers—and the Lakers have beaten the Clippers this year, but those three, they're not those three. They don't have the starting five of those three. The Lakers are in the next group of six teams: New York. Milwaukee Lakers, Phoenix,
2: Minnesota, OKC, Minnesota,
1: OK. I think the Lakers are in that group. They don't have the young assets and talent of OKC, but I got LeBron. I have the best defender in the league, AD. I have a top five scorer in the league and distributor in LeBron. I have an excellent third player, and I have tons of length. Yeah, that's not punting on the season. That's, 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 that's what I'm saying. Really I don't does. think they're punting. I think the Lakers organization is saying there's you, they wanted Dejounte a a. Yeah.
2: Murray, and Atlanta's like, no, he's worth more than you're offering. Yeah. Uh, who I forget who asked you this, but. There's no player out there right now who's going to put the Lakers into that upper crust. No. With that. So, so what, it's not punting. It's just basically like, you know, we're, we can't have a significant upgrade, so we're not doing anything, which is, I'm fine with that, right? I'm not giving up Austin Reeves. I'm sorry. No. He's off the table. So the, 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 Palenka made a great
1: move last year on the Russell Westbrook situation, made the team much longer and better defensively, and the chemistry was better. Huh. He deserves credit for that last year. He kind of saved the season. They're not punting on it. They're in the ninth spot, but they won the in-season tournament. They've beaten Boston. They've beaten the Clippers. How about we, this? At their best. At their best. Could the Lakers, I think they're in, in, on the fringe of being in that top three. I No, I don't. I think there's three. I think at their best, they can battle Phoenix in a long series.
2: And that's great, because Phoenix has Booker, KD... Beal. Well, a- AD's going to eat against the Clippers. The way Jokic totally dominates them all the time. Like I don't know if AD's 30 and 20 in the series, but But
1: his offense has always been it's a little inconsistent. His defense yeah, is great every night. No, I think the Lakers are fine. I think there's I put the I put the Clippers in the top 2 uh, with Denver and Boston. Be- better chances to make the the finals this year. Bucks or Lakers. About the same. See, that's a, great, think, that's a
2: win, uh, Laker fans. Yeah,
4: that's I, I think the
1: West is deeper, but I think they have some flaws, but they have dominant bigs and great scores. Damon and LeBron. And a third additional player who can drop 28 on any given night. Hour 3 next.
0: It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.
5: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more.